Next on BYU Sports Nation, signature home victory. BYU beats ranked USC. Have expectations now shifted for this season? Running back Tyson Williams is in studio and ESPN's Trevor Maddich react to the win. Victory! Let's relive it. Shotgun. Looks and fires quickly to his right. Picked off! Diving interception made! Falls forward. Touchdown, Cougars! Wilson, 15-10. Wilson on his feet, 5. On his feet, touchdown! Claps the hands, takes a chest high snap. He will throw. Quickly, battled up and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. The Cougars picked it off. And in overtime, they won it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live on a winning Monday for back-to-back weeks. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I hope you're enjoying your September 16th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, still dancing, and teamed up with BYU Dancing with the Stars judge, Jerem Jordan. I did participate in the Dance Sport Championship at BYU, which is a huge mistake for me. But I did do that. Let's evaluate some dancing. So mm. BYU, uh, I think, did the electric slide in the locker room. Oh, but first, look, it's David Nixon, Spencer Linton, and Brian Logan. And Brian apparently is yelling, we're going to the club. Yes, we're yes, going he, to the club. He was at that moment. There was a lot of jumping from you. David held still. Brian mostly held still. Finger in the air. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's funny is... I thought you were mania. Well, well <laughs> there's no shame. And... Give me a break. Like, it's BYU Sports Nation. We host BYU Sports Nation. I wish we had video of Jason Shepard on the sideline from 4th and 18. (laughs) I was so thrilled. One, for Kalani Satake. And I kept saying to David and Brian, he needs this win so much. He needs it. He's had the signature road victories at Michigan State, at Madison, Wisconsin. He's won in Knoxville, Tennessee. He hasn't had a win like this at home. And so I just, the emotion of that, I was seriously so happy for Kalani Satake. And still I, am. I think that was pretty obvious, Spencer. And there's no shame. I think shame. that was pretty obvious I that you were excited. I do not care. And then BYU with the electric slide in the locker room. See, this, is this, is this 89 feel, or 99? You and I feel differently about this. I think this is hilarious. <laughs> I love this. I think it's funny, too. Oh. Electric slide in 20, is that still a thing? I don't know why we're we're side by siding the. <laughs> we're evaluating the dancing. That's not really dancing. It was more like yeah, bouncing the celebration. I yeah. I'm gonna go with the left on this yeah. one. Yes, because that's actual dancing. What happened on the right was just pure joy. Yeah, that was everyone was excited, man. Pure Fans joy. Excited, Holy awesome. cow! Uh, by the way, uh, Utah did storm the field against USC uh, four years ago when uh, both were ranked. So just FYI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just want to qualify that, yeah, right? Just throwing it up. <laughs> thanks to your, th- thanks to your guys. Uh, you know, up at KSL. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Sports Speed After Dark. Oh yeah. Pointing that out. Oh yeah. Hammer and Zach. Yeah. <laughs> SB After Hours. After Hours. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, Everyone was excited. Boy. It was great. It was a great win. A great moment. It was awesome. We've got a really fun show lined up today, including BYU running back Tyson Williams. Does he want the ball more? Twenty touches He's in back-to-back no. games. Okay. 
Our going for two recap, not close thus far. It's a runaway. And ESPN's Trevor Maddich on who gets his MVP nod for BYU in a win over USC. Bring on the Monday BYU Sports Nation headlines. Cougar football upsets 24th-ranked USC 30-27 in overtime. That makes back-to-back overtime wins. But this one at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Diane Gawolaku, Northridge High School represent, scored a touchdown and had the game-sealing interception. Here's Diane after the game on why this win resonates so much. It means a lot. Like, we don't win a lot of big games here at home. And, like, having the home crowd here around us and to win this big game for them in front of them is the best feeling ever. And to have them all support us is just unreal. What is real is BYU received votes in this week's AP poll. They're seven out of the top 25. They host number 22 Washington Saturday. Countdown to kickoff will begin at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. On another note, the kick time and broadcast information for the BYU-Toledo game was announced this morning. That game will kick off at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and be carried on ESPN+. I get that's where this is going sometimes, but I am not a fan of the game not being on TV. So if you want to get that free trial with ESPN+, Plus, make sure it's, what, seven days, five days, or whatever. Get that. You can watch the game for free. As of right now, that's the only game on ESPN+. Plus. We'll see about... When BYU originally had the home contract, I don't think that ESPN Plus is in the mix for home. I could be wrong. But expect that this could be a possibility in the future, by the way, with BYU's new contract with ESPN. And that's more of a situation with the Mac. Right. And now I'm saying in the future, this could be a thing for home games for BYU. We'll see. With a a new deal with ESPN, which is expected. Jamal Williams had nine carries for 28 yards, three catches for 13 yards, including a touchdown catch and Lambeau leap and a 21-16 win over the Vikings. Harvey Lange, Bronson Kafusi, and the Jets play the Browns tonight, and that could include the NFL debut of rookie Sione Takitaki, who missed last week's game, had a hamstring injury, missed some preseason time. Perhaps he's going to play tonight in his first game in the NFL. Well, he put out a picture on social media in a fresh suit saying that he's road tripping. So There you go. I would think that means he's going to play tonight. So good luck, if so. Jimmer Fredette and his Greek club Panathinaikos had two friendlies this weekend. Fredette led his team with 31 points, 6 assists, and 6 steals in the first of those two games. When it's a regular season game, can we call it an enemy, an enemies game or something? That's a European thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Number 13, women's volleyball lost to number 3, Texas, in four sets Friday, then beat VCU in four sets, uh, including a 25-8 set one victory Saturday. 25 to 8? Then lost the next set, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> That's volleyball scoring is wild. Yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Typically, a big-time win will require some big-time performances, and there were several for BYU on Saturday. Zach Wilson at quarterback. Kyrus Tonga, the nose tackle, was was a monster against that USC offensive line. Poor center. And Diane Gawoluku, we already went through what he did. He scored a touchdown. He also had the game-sealing interception. Several players had outstanding games. Jerem, who was the MVP of BYU's win over USC? Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator, because BYU's defensive game plan was awesome. So it's the first road start for Keaton Slovis. BYU decides, you know what, we're going to drop eight a lot. Listen, all you Cougar boarders out there, BYU doesn't need to blitz when the ball comes out quick. Can you stop with that, by the way? No. BYU didn't blitz a ton. They made Keaton Slovis make a play. USC goes on the 
First possession, they score a touchdown, long, sustained drive. That's what BYU's defense is built to prevent and sustain. It happens occasionally. By the way, in all three games, BYU's allowed an opening drive touchdown, but then has made adjustments and been really good, and that's what BYU did. Back-to-back possessions with an interception, and BYU dropping eight, and Kairos Tonga getting in Keaton Slovis's face rattled him. There was this play where Keaton Slovis didn't know, looked like he knew where he was. It was almost or, like he got poked in the eye or, or something. Or what just happened. Yeah. Yeah, and, and BYU with some big picks by Peyton Wilgar. Great play. Sky Cam was awesome, by the way. As a producer, I'm like, oh, Sky Cam, I love you so much. It was great. And Isaiah Sky Cam Kapusi. is sticking around for Washington. Yes, it is. They took it halfway down and then were called and told to put it back up. So, so Sky Cam stays. I just thought BYU's defensive game plan was amazing. What does it take to beat a ranked team at home, by the way? Apparently, our stat of the day will tell you. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU had three interceptions at home, 2015 Boise State, which is also the last time BYU beat a ranked team at home. Okay. So this is what it's like to be Utah, by the way. Can we soak this in? <laughs> you, you get turnovers, you get takeaways, and then you score 10 points, short fields. That's what it's like. You seal the game. It's a simple game sometimes. I think that your pick is fantastic. I thought the game plan defensively, and there was clearly a feeling out process on that first drive of, okay, let's kind of see what U.S. is going to do. And the Trojans move the ball at will, and then the freakout happens. Oh, no, is BYU going to be able to stop USC? Some nice adjustments were made. This, this was a really nice game plan from Elisa Tuiaki to drop eight and force a young quarterback in a hostile environment to have to deal with it. And then once the mistakes started to get made, then then you really start to find out how mature the young kid is. Keaton and he Slovis didn't go is, on a mission, so that's a huge disadvantage. Keaton Slovis is a good player. BYU's defense was just better. My MVP is a collective group as well. It is the BYU wide receivers. How many big-time catches were made by the receivers on Saturday? Dax Milne, excellent touchdown catch on a dime from Zach Wilson. What a throw. Talon Shumway, the hurdler stretch, <laughs> and it's pass interference comes up with a huge play. Those on BYU TV right now watching Aleva Hefo with a key reception late on that then go ahead score drive. Right. I'm just and then Gunner Romney down the field as Zach Wilson is scrambling takes a big pop right after he catches that ball Micah holds Simon on. Too. Micah Simon Got gets hit in the back. Pelted, yeah. The ball was so spread around the BYU receivers made big catch after big catch was really, really impressed with what they did as a group. So Zach Wilson's probably the obvious answer or the clear answer for most people, but his wide receivers made him look fantastic on Saturday, and I don't want that to go overlooked. They are my MVPs of the game. Big-time catches to extend drives. Which Zach Wilson's one of the receivers, by the way. In this yes, game. he, he so, caught a ball. So 12, 12 guys caught a ball. 11 were thrown by Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson caught a, a ball for 19 yards. If Jaron Hall leads him a little more, it's a touchdown. But you want to just catch the ball. BYU got three on that score. Tyson Williams cuts it inside on that fake end around. He's in the end zone as well. But BYU did score on that. Yeah, there were some moments that made you nervous in this game too. BYU pulls it out. When BYU doesn't take the points at the end of the third quarter and goes for it on the scrum play again and again and again and still doesn't get it right and it, you know, tough, tough to know where the ball was on that. People, man, the refs, man. It was tough to see where the ball was, right, even with the sky cam. B- 
BYU didn't take the points, didn't cost them, right? Zach Wilson's run, awesome. There were so many great moments in this game. What a big win. Back-to-back overtime wins. BYU had never played back-to-back overtime games in BYU history. And now they beat Tennessee and USC. Awesome. Yep, and that's why they're receiving votes. Yeah, seven outs. So BYU's ranked 32nd <laughs> in the top 25. <laughs> Topic two. What does the win over USC mean for BYU now, Spencer? That they're ranked 32nd okay. in the top 25. Get out of here. No, they have a real shot at nine wins now in the regular season. As a shot, yeah. BYU's got yeah. a shot at nine wins in the regular season and gulp 10 wins with a bowl game. Okay. Holy cow. Holy cow! 2011, BYU won 10 <laughs> games. First year of independence. We're now into 2019, and the Cougars, at a 2-1 and one start, have many people thinking, oh, is BYU going to do something special? Okay, let's Special's just, like 11 or 12. Let's just man. slow down a yeah. little bit. Slow down. But I do think that BYU has a real shot at nine regular season wins because they won two of the first four. Let's Could just, BYU go seven and one over the last nine? Uh, yeah, I, yeah let, let's talk about that. Well, let's talk about it in a sec. What else does the win mean? It gives Kalani Satake a much-needed home signature victory. And I already yes, talked about absolutely. this yeah. during the celebration video that we showed off oh. the top of the show. The pressure is off of Kalani Satake to a degree. He got the big home win that he needed so much. And now he's beaten Tennessee and USC in back-to-back weeks. He's gone awesome. two. He's, he's won two of the first four. Which, that was the goal, man. And I'm just elated. I'm jumping around like you in my mind that BYU did it, you know. Uh, what, what does it mean? Let's break down what you said. So if BYU loses to Washington, and let's talk about that for a second. USC and Tennessee were tremendous wins for BYU. Let's evaluate those wins in comparison to Washington. USC and Tennessee were 5-7 and seven last year. The, uh, Tennessee stinks. That was good for BYU to go on the road, beat the only Power 5 team that you have out there. Awesome. Got is it, it fair done, to say that they, it Is it fair to say that, though, without having seen the whole season play out? I don't think we'll know what these teams are until the whole season's over. I know, but then why talk about anything? We have to evaluate as we go as well. USC uh, beat a Stanford team that lost to UCF as well. US, Stanford's probably not as good as we were thinking. USC hopes to be good and improved. Both those teams were 5-7. and seven. It's one last year. It's one thing to beat those two teams. Two good wins. I'm not saying they're not. It's another to beat Washington. Washington is a team that hammered BYU last year. And, yes, they don't return uh, Nine Browning NFL players and Miles Gaskins. <laughs> but the year before, they graduated four or five NFL guys, too. They reload. This is going to be a different challenge. Let's assume, let's say, that BYU loses and is 2-2. Two and two. If they go 7-1 and one in the final eight, they would be 9-3. and three. If BYU wins Saturday, now they can go 6-2 and two in the final eight. I think BYU is losing multiple games still this year, right? I'm not on the 9 or 10 train quite yet. I feel like 8 is a real possibility, and that was the goal for BYU going into the season was, okay, can BYU get to 8 wins? And then with the bowl, maybe even 9? That would be tremendous. BYU is this close from being 0-3. This close, but they're not. They're two and one, so the means matter, right? Like, well, just like you say, ah, but they didn't win those games. This time they won them, so who but, cares? A win is a win is a win. No, but when you're projecting forward in a, uh, are you when we're assuming how BYU is going to fare against those other teams? It's not like BYU dominated USC, therefore they will beat Utah State. It's okay. BYU made winning plays to win, but it was a very close game. The means matter, right? The means matter. Washington will be a different challenge if BYU pulls that one off. Awesome. BYU will be in the top 20 if they're 3-1 and one 
after this week. That'll happen. But you're going to Toledo, Eastern time zone, early game, challenging. At South Florida, speedy, but they've lost eight of the last nine. Boise State that doesn't look probably as good as their ranking, right? But that's still a challenging game. Utah State's been a tough game the last five for BYU to win, and then you're going to win three. And then at San Diego State, that's a that's San Diego State team that's interesting. That they have beat no UCLA, offense. who stinks, but yeah, they stink on offense. So I could see BYU going six and two in the final eight, and uh, if they're two and two after the first four, eight wins in the regular season would be awesome. But people right now that feel like BYU should win ten games, I would go, whoa, 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 BYU's this close to being on three. Those means matter when you're going on the road in Eastern time zone, right, playing these teams. Don't get, don't get uh, fooled by the jersey color, okay? Don't get fooled. Those are some good teams on BYU's schedule left. My expectations have shifted because I said 7-5 and five in the regular season. I don't Is it think up to that, 8 now? Yes. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. I think, it should, I think it should be. BYU got two of the first yes. uh, three, right? Expectations awesome. have been exceeded in my mind. Absolutely. BYU's been an underdog in all three games and won two of the three. Now they're 2-1. and one. So what does the win over USC mean? It means my expectations have shifted, and I think that BYU will win at least eight games in the regular season. There's a chance at yeah. nine. If BYU doesn't win eight, extreme disappointment. They won two of the first three. Our question of the day. Who was the MVP in the BYU win over USC and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At DA4 underscore life in on Twitter. Total domination Tonga. He was in the backfield more than their running back. Constantly in Keaton Slovis' face. After his sack, it took Slovis about 10 seconds to remember where he was. Hashtag kingdom of Tonga. Hashtag BYUSN. He was so good in that game. By the way, at BYU Statsman. Uh, win-loss record in the, against final AP Top 25 teams. Kalani's stuck at 0-8 right now. So what we're hoping is that USC turns out to be good, finishes in the Top 25. There's one. If BYU could beat Washington, they, typically if BYU wins that game, right, upsets that team, they don't end up as good as we're hoping, but it's all about the moment, really, right? Beat, beat USC when they're ranked. Beat Washington when they're ranked. Beat Boise State when they're ranked. Most BYU fans, and I'm pretty, pretty confident on this, are... The hugest USC fans this week and the hugest Tennessee fans this week because the Volunteers play Florida and USC hosts Utah. Yeah, let's go. Coming up, is BYU overachieving right now? We'll ask ESPN's Trevor Maddox. BYU running back Tyson Williams in studio. Is 20 touches per game enough? And where was he lost in the scrum of the fans taking the field? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan tomorrow on After Further Review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app. There is a rebroadcast as well Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We now welcome in BYU senior running back Tyson Williams after a much-needed and much-celebrated win over USC on Saturday. We were just watching the fans rush the field again as we came back in, Tyson. Walk us through where you were during that whole melee. Yes, I was uh, talking to one of the uh, USC linemen because he was actually a grad transfer, so we we went on a a couple trips together. So I was just talking to him about the game and stuff like that, and then next thing you know, like I'm on the other side of the field, saw the fans coming down and, 
Um, of course, you have to walk through it. So I just walked through it and, you know, met some of the fans, took some pictures and stuff like that. Is that a keep your helmet on situation? So just for protection from the fans, or is it a take it off? Because if you keep it on, you're going to get hit on the head, right? Yeah. Uh, I had my helmet off. I actually couldn't find my helmet. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it was just one of those situations. I mean, whatever you were doing or whatever you had on, it was just you kind of just had to be there and just be in that moment and, you know, just appreciate the fans because I know they were, they were excited. Where, have you been in a uh, storm, uh, a field storm situation? No, that was my first one. Okay. That was my first one, and that was pretty I- cool. It was good? Yeah. Yeah. It was exciting, right? And then there was the, wait, we got to review it. Everyone yeah. back up. Yeah. <laughs> Come back on. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are the emotions of that like for you as a player? Like, oh, we won the game. Oh, yeah. hang on a second. They got to review it. What was that like? Yeah. So, I mean, when it first happened, I was just kind of like, let me make sure. Uh, I was trying to find Diane to talk to him and ask him, like, like did you think you, you caught it? And um, I was just—I kept asking everybody, like, "Where's Dying? Where's Dying?" I could never find them. And, <laughs> and uh, they end up reviewing everything, and um, it came out in our favor. Do you get confused for Dying because you're also number five? Uh, me and him don't have any problems. I think that's more for the people watching the game. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's tough, especially in that sc- the scrum play, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, oh, five. Well, that's naturally Tyson. No, yeah. it's Dying on Wolka, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, ESPN gave you credit for the touchdown because uh, they thought Dying was you. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to take any credit from him because that's something we rep hard at practice, and he does a great job when he has the ball in his hands. So, um, yeah, it was just good to see him get in there. Yeah. Another game with exactly 20 touches for you. This time, 19 carries. You caught one pass. Mm-hmm. Is 20 the magic number for you? Uh, for me, I feel like the magic number is just whatever we need to, to get the win. Um, that's honestly, anytime anybody asks me, that's always what I would try to say. And uh, just whatever the team needs from me, I'm just trying to get it done. That is such a, a veteran seasoned answer. <laughs> yes. You, yes. You, are, you are a veteran. And <laughs> be Perhaps this has been told to you, but I think BYU's really needed you. And I told you at the Big Blue Bash a couple weeks ago, you came at the right time. BYU needs you right now. Um, Have you felt that dependence, that need within the team context of, oh, I can come in and really have an impact on this team? And you have. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But also, it's it's been in other areas uh, because up until this point, it's kind of just been about football. I mean, it's kind of been in all aspects. Leadership, um, just trying to, you know, uh, bring the younger guys up, um, telling them, Everything that I've learned throughout my uh, career, and um, I don't know, I just I just feel like I've just taken on a bigger role um, as a person and player. Brett, can you just record? Brett Pines with us in studio, sports information director. Every one of his answers, just record and play for all the other <laughs> players that come through. They're the perfect answers. They really are. You're great. Yeah, we're gonna have a media. Uh, yeah, they, they do media all training. The players <laughs> play Tyson's Watch what Tyson did. It's all good. It's fantastic. Now let's talk about some of these uh, specific plays. Notably, the early fake reverse pitch because you pitched that one to Hifo against Tennessee in overtime. Mm-hmm. You keep it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that designed to be a fake, or uh, do you have the option? What is that? Yeah, yeah, it was de- it was designed to be a fake just because we knew they, they ran a lot of man coverage. So, um, you know, once we, we ran that plate, they ran with Lever, and it was wide open. Um, I should have scored, but. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your frustration. Yeah. I'm like, why did I not cut yeah. back inside? Yeah, I should have cut back inside. I should have cut back inside, but it's just one of those things, the player, I mean, you're not going to make, you know, every correct read, so. I just had to, to get over. I'm just glad we got points on the board that drive, though. Yeah. I would have been really upset if we uh, hadn't scored. How did you feel at the beginning of the game when USC goes and scores? This has been the case in all three games where the opponent has gone and scored on that first one, but then the defense buckles down, and they force two takeaways on back-to-back drives. Yeah, that was big. That was big. Uh, 
just anytime you can win the turnover ratio. And then I feel like for me as an offense, anytime we get the ball in like plus territory like that, uh, it just it just creates a lot of momentum. And then, you know, it's able, we're able to put points on the board regardless if it's seven or three. BYU senior running back Tyson Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. What was the atmosphere of the sideline like at different stages of the game on Saturday? Um, I know, uh, I feel like we just kept cheering each other up. I know in defense, when they gave up, like they may have given up a touchdown, I was like, hey, we're good, we're good. Like we still had each other's back and stuff like that. So in offense, we just tried to keep keep each other going. And uh, I, I really don't think at any point of the game that we felt down or out or anything like that. We just kept chipping away, kept chipping away, and then uh, you see what happened at the end. Overtime can be nerve-wracking, right? It's a short field for both. If you don't get a first down, you're kicking for three. If you go first, you know, it, it can be nerve-wracking. Yet you guys had played an overtime game the week before. Did that, did that change things in this situation? Yeah, I just feel like in a situation like that, most teams uh, tend to get worn down and uh, mentally fatigued. And I think for us, it's just like this is a moment where we thrive and we can take advantage of it. Did the Tennessee game help since you had already played an overtime game yeah, the week yeah, before? Yeah, it always helps when you uh, have an overtime game the week before and then you come into this game and have another overtime game, so it always helps. And then in this situation, BYU goes first and settles for the field goal, so now yeah. you're watching. So what's it like as you watch the defense need to get a stop or force a field goal? Yeah, so uh, I was just like, we just got to get a stop. We gotta, and they have been playing good all day, and like I said, they, they were able to create another turnover once again in overtime, so... Uh, it's just they had played. They played a great game. That's pretty much all I can say. Tyson Williams on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the play of your quarterback Zach Wilson. And he takes some flack as being the pretty boy, mm-hmm. the diva. <laughs> yeah. But the last two weeks he's been ultra clutch. Yeah. What do you think of your quarterback's play on Saturday? Yeah, he's he's been making great plays. And I mean, honestly, for us, I mean that's what we've been seeing. Um, you know, since I first met him and the first time we got on the field, that's who he's been. So to me and everybody in that locker room, it's not a surprise, but um, I think he's just continued to mature, take his game to the next level, and he's just doing great for us. I'm glad he's, uh, he's our quarterback. I echo the sentiment of BYU uh, Nation in that same idea. We're glad he's the BYU quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. In the post-game press conference, there's this photo of him. You're talking, and he has this big smile. And Someone said, find you a supporter like Zach Wilson of Tyson Williams. What's that relationship like between you two now three games into the season? Yeah, uh, I think it's just um, – I honestly would just say I feel like he takes a lot of pressure off me, and I feel like I take a lot of pressure off him, and – um, we just try to work together and um, just try to create plays and continue just to lead the offense and things like that um, each and every time we step out there on the field. Some people nationally are calling him Mormon Manziel. What do you think? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give him the Manziel tag. I feel like he's his own quarterback. Um, and, you know, I don't want to talk too much about Manziel, but <laughs> Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson's a, a great quarterback. We'll come up with a different Yeah, name. Yeah, we got to right. get one more original yeah. To him. Yeah, plus I know the uh, people don't want to use Mormon. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Manziel. Tyson, you played at Williams-Brice Stadium, which is a raucous environment. How did the environment on Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium compare to what you played in before? Yeah, I think think it was a great atmosphere. I think it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I know we we were trying to get them just to – uh, just be more energetic, stuff like that for uh, defense on third downs. And I think they did a great job causing a lot of problems for USC and, and things like that. So, um, you know, to our fans, just keep just keep doing that. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us in the long run. Let's talk about your mom, Natasha, who serves in the military. She mm-hmm. goes to all your games except when she has to serve on the weekends, right? And yeah. she couldn't make this one, but yeah. she's going to be in town Saturday. 
Um, what's that relationship like, and uh, what branch of the military does she serve in? Uh, that's a great relationship. Um, it's kind of just like she's a single parent uh, raising me, so she kind of just uh, you know did, did all she could. And that's kind of one of the reasons I feel like she joined the Army, joined the service and things like that, just because she wanted to make sure uh, you know I had a great life growing up. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like, um, well, she's in the U.S. Army. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm just happy that, you know, she's my mom and happy that, for everything that she's ever done for me. Is that who you ran to uh, after the touchdown in overtime, Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. You ran straight to her, right? Yeah, I ran to all my family. Oh, gave, I love gave, it. Gave them a hug, and I was just glad they could be there at that moment. They had a good seat, too, front row. Oh, right? yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> they got good tickets. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, everybody. Tyson, let's finish with this. You turn the page, and in comes another ranked opponent out of the Pac-12, uh, the Washington Huskies, who are defending Pac-12 champions. What do you know about Washington at this point as you prepare for the Huskies? Well, I haven't seen too much of them defensively, but just keeping up with them, I know they're a great team, um, have a great offense, great quarterback. Um, so, like I said, I mean, it pretty much doesn't change our preparation. We're just going to continue to do what we've been doing, preparing the right way. I feel like that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, on Saturday, you know, we'll go out there. We'll be ready. He is a model of media etiquette, people. Tyson Williams. You're the, you're the golden child, the poster boy of how to handle the media interviews, my friend. Grad yes, school going well? Yes, sir. It's going good. It's awesome. going good. That's got great. class in a few minutes. Okay, let's get you out to class then. <laughs> yes, yeah. but you need to sign our uh, Sailor Coog flag before you go. Tyson, great yes, to have you, man. Yes, okay, Thank awesome. You. I, I, like I said, so good to have him here now this season. Fantastic. And shout out to Natasha for the amazing example. Yes. Single mom in the Army. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. So fantastic. Coming up, Trevor Maddich on the USC game and a preview of Washington. Plus our going for two recap because it's mandatory. Congratulations, Jerem. (laughs) Super happy for you. This is BYU Sports Nation. I don't feel like you are right now. I, I really don't. Join us Tuesday nights for BYU football with Kalani Satake, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app as Coach Satake and a player, TBD, discuss the USC game and previous matchup with Washington. Reserve your seat on BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show. We've reached that point in the program where we revisit today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football upsets 24th-ranked USC 30-27 to in overtime at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Diane Galwolaku, Northridge High represent, scored a touchdown, had the game ceiling interception in overtime. BYU also received votes in this week's AP poll and will host 22nd-ranked Washington Saturday. Countdown to kickoff 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. And a side note, the kick time and broadcast information for BYU at Toledo was announced this morning. That game will kick off at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and be carried on ESPN+. Feels like that game's a ways away, right? Nope, next week. Jamal Williams had nine carries for 28 yards, three receptions for 13 yards, including a touchdown in a 21-16 win against the Vikings. And tonight on Monday Night Football, Harvey Longy, Bronson Kafusi, and the Jets play the Browns, featuring the debut of Sione Takitaki. Jimmer Fredette and his Greek club Panathinaikos had two friendlies this weekend. Fredette led his team with 31 points, six assists, and six steals in the first of those two games. And number 13, women's volleyball lost to number three, Texas, in four sets Friday, then beat VCU in four on Saturday. Contractual obligation says that we need to recap our going for two picks. Not sponsored. Can you predict the future? Yep. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Actually, don't have to do it. There's no sponsor. Oh, you want? You want to sponsor? You (laughs) watching right now? Sponsored by Bob. Let's revisit. 
My picks. Let's hear it. Number one, I said USC as a team will have less than 125 yards rushing. Mm. They had 171. It's because BYU picked off two passes early. So they, they dropped changed. eight. So they, then they had to run to move the ball. Yeah, and they got a majority of those yards, it felt like, once they switched gears after the two interceptions. And, and how about USC had two pass plays of 20-plus? That's it. Air raid? Huh? Yeah. Two that's, pass that's plays of 20-plus? That's the thing about this. I'm like, I really don't care because BYU's winning. You could run away with this thing. If BYU's winning football yeah. games, well, I want, everybody's winning. Right, I want both, but yeah. Pick two. BYU, I'm head to head with you on this one. BYU will not have two plus takeaways. <laughs> I, that was over in the first quarter. I friggin' nailed this one. <laughs> that was over in the first quarter. Did I nail this one or what, man? <laughs> Actual that, victory. Yes. yes, and that was pick two for me. Pick one for me. Uh, Zach Wilson will throw for 250 plus. I felt. Hello? Thank you. I felt like this was the game where he could uh, break out, and he did. And he did. 280. Awesome. He had a really great game. Three touchdowns. Um, no, one touchdown thrown, one rushing, right? Still, three games, two touchdown passes for Zach Wilson, but two wins. So it hasn't required Zach to be amazing through the air. Oh, he's got quite a support. He's got quite a support crew. Yeah. Yeah, and my MVPs made him look great on Saturday. The wide receivers were fantastic. All right, Jerem leads that five to one in the going for two picks. It's early. It's early. Now it's time to track Cougar opponents. And this one does have a sponsor, Jerem, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Lead us off, Jerem. Washington beat Hawaii 52-20. Quarterback Jacob Eason threw three touchdowns. Huskies come to Provo Saturday. Remember uh, Kainuku's brother Puka? He was in the mix with BYU. He's a receiver. Caught a touchdown pass against Hawaii as well, by the way. I'm not sure what Washington is just yet because their two victories have come against eh, teams. I'm leaning more on what they've been the last five years, which is consistently a 9- or 10-win team, it feels like. Toledo, led by Mitchell Guidani who threw three touchdowns in a 45-0 shutout over Murray State for the Rockets. Toledo now 1-1. One one. They travel to Fort Collins, take on a gritty Colorado State team this week. South Florida snapped an eight-game losing streak. They beat uh, South Carolina State 55-16. They have a bye week before hosting SMU. Boise State undefeated 3-0 after beating Portland State 45-10. Two different Bronco quarterbacks, Hank Bachmeyer and Chase Cord, both threw two touchdowns in that win. Boise, number 20, open up Mountain West Conference play on Friday, hosting Air Force, who just beat Colorado. Yeah, I don't think Boise State's the 20th best team in the country. I think that's a program prestige ranking right now. Utah State had a bye. They play at San Diego State Saturday. Liberty and Hugh Freeze get their first win, this time as Freeze coached from a Rami Umptum on the flame sideline. It's a very Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints phrase. I love it. Liberty beat Buffalo 35-17. They're 1-2 on the season. They host Hampton this weekend. Idaho State shut out by Utah 31-0 in front of, quote, a sellout crowd. If you saw pictures, it was uh, otherwise. Mm-hmm. Bengals 1-1. One one. They play Northern Iowa this week. Northern Iowa almost beat Iowa State in week one. UMass remains winless on the season. They uh-huh. lost to Charlotte 52-17. The Minutemen host Coastal Carolina this week. Coastal Carolina beat Kansas, so they're no pushover. Kansas? What? <laughs> and San Diego State uh, trampled New Mexico State 31-10. The Aztecs host Utah State, as mentioned, on Saturday. Let's keep things rolling. Up next, Taysom Hill in the NFL. Is it time for him to start, Jerem? 
No, they're paying Teddy Bridgewater too much <laughs> to not play. Plus ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Who was his game MVP in the win over USC? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment brought to you by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us today for Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV. Maybe they'll dance there as well as Elisa Tuiaki and Jeff Grimes join Greg Rubel to discuss the win over USC. Storm the field! And the matchup with Washington. It's coming up right after this at the top of the hour on BYU TV. Just Dance. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. You tell us, who was the MVP in the BYU win over USC last Saturday and why? Hashtag BYUSN to send in your responses. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is one of our MVPs, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, college football insider, analyst, and national champion at BYU. Let's start with the question of the day, Trevor. Who was your MVP of the game for BYU against USC? Uh, quarterback Zach Wilson. I mean, so many guys would compete for that honor, but Wilson made something out of nothing over and over again. I mean, there were a lot of plays that he executed to perfection, and there were a lot of plays that just broke down. And he had to scramble around and make something happen, and he did over and over again. Do you like the Mormon Manziel nickname? Uh, no, because it should be the LDS Manziel, shouldn't it? <laughs> the Church of uh, Jesus no, Christ we, of Latter-day Saints Manziel. Manziel. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, I said a, little much. a long time ago that – Yeah, it's too many syllables. <laughs> I said – a long time ago, that, that Zach Wilson has a little Tua in him, referring to Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. What I meant by that was that he's got that aggressive, fearless mentality, and he's got the physical tools to back it up. And he showed that in this game just in a massive way. What have you learned about this specific BYU team after back-to-back overtime wins, one on the road in kind of miraculous fashion against Tennessee and then a grinded-out overtime win against USC? I learned that this team is immaculately prepared, immaculately conditioned, and they absolutely believe in each other and in their coach. You don't fight like they fought the last two weeks against the odds that they had to face the last two weeks unless you believe and unless you love the people that you play with and play for. Before the Micah Simon catch that set up BYU at the end of the game in Tennessee, they had, I think, a .4 chance out of 100. So .4, less than 1% chance to win that game with 20 seconds to go. And yet they came out and they won it. In this game against USC, you had a, one of the best receiving cores in the nation and a, a freshman quarterback coming on the heels of setting freshman records at USC against Stanford the week before. And BYU still rose up and made the plays to win it. And so at the end, in overtime in both games, you can see the conditioning and the desire. So easy to wilt when you're tired, when you're exhausted. I saw a sign in a weight room one time that said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And yet, at Tennessee, playing in the home environment, the climate, the humidity that Tennessee practices in all the time, BYU got relatively stronger into the fourth quarter and into two overtimes compared to Tennessee. And in this game, the big play at the end of overtime, Diane Gonwalaku's interception, it was 
Kavika Fanua, who tipped it, I believe. Both of those guys, had they been fatigued, would probably not have been able to make the play that they make, the tip and then the diving interception. And yet, at the end of the game, in overtime, they were ready and they cared and they made the play because they had prepared all offseason long to do it. I tell you, I, I love watching these guys play because I can see their love in their play. My MVP was Elisa Tuiaki. I thought BYU's defensive game plan was fantastic. First road start for Keaton Slovis and the first drive for BYU, which, by the way, in all three games, BYU's allowed a touchdown drive uh, on the first possession for the opponent. After that, interception, interception, and then in overtime, another interception. Kairos Tonga was in the backfield. BYU dropped eight a lot. I thought it was fantastic. What did you think of it? It was fantastic, and it was a brilliant response to what they saw the week before from Keaton Slovis. The air raid offense that they're running is designed to get the ball into space, and it's designed so that young quarterbacks don't necessarily have to decode the nuances of coverage. They literally just find open grass and hit the receiver in that open grass. Now, it can get as complicated as you want as they get more mature in the offense, but... That's how it started. That's how they torched Stanford last week. The, there's a lot of elements of the air raid that are not yet installed and being operated by USC because they're new in this offense. One is the, the short crossing routes and the double meshes and the four verticals and all the nuances off of that. And so there was a limited palette, a limited menu that Slovis had to operate, but he operated it at a high level. So what Coach Tuiaki did, was see what things Slovis succeeded at, where he found the empty grass, the open space, the week before. And by dropping eight so often, he made it so that that space against Stanford turned into a crowd against BYU's defense, and he wasn't expecting it. It was those interceptions that really were the key moments in the game. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, admittedly, I went into full-on fan mode at the end of the game because I was so happy for Kalani Satake to get a signature win at home, which is something he had not done. He beats USC in Provo. What does that win mean for Kalani and the Cougars? Uh, It's big. I mean, I think it's unfair that he should be feeling heat for his job. I think he is the right man for the job. And I think if they stay with him, he will be here for 20 years and be a beloved BYU football coach. And I'm glad that he got this win because it takes some of the heat off. I mean, we live in a microwave society where social media dictates everything. And in Twitter, if a tweet's not successful, if a photo doesn't get enough likes in five or ten minutes, it's ancient history. Well, football programs are not built that way. Football programs are built in the long term. And having a signature win like that not only is fantastic for the program you know, within that facility, it's also great because it gives the social media people something good to chew on for at least a short period of time. Kalani Sataki, what makes him great, there's two things that make him great. One is his, his pure passion for this game. He has, he has a passion that's unsurpassed in college football and his pure love for his players. When you look him in the eye as he talks about his players, he, you see what you see in a father's eyes. You see that kind of love for his players and his desire that they be successful. Now, he knows the X's and O's. He understands how to run a program. All those different things are there. But his passion and his love are what make him, in my opinion, the perfect coach 
for BYU at this time in history. And this win against USC just solidifies that and backs down the people on social media who are looking for a microwave solution. During the summer, we openly discussed, and I think both of us agreed, Spencer and I, that if BYU could win two of the first four, that would be a success. Here we are with BYU at two and one, inches away from being 0-3, but they are two and one with two overtime, dramatic, memorable victories over against storied programs in Tennessee and USC. So how would you evaluate BYU after three games this season? I value at BYU as wildly surpassing expectations. They expected to win all three of them. But I think most fans thought, feared the worst. You know, that if they could steal one of those, okay, we'll be really happy. Uh, but I don't think very, very few people outside the program thought they could get here. But for goodness sake, you work so hard. And as a player, it's easier to work hard when you believe that your hard work will bear success. If you just go out and beat your head against the wall and you don't have success, you feel like you're wasting your time sometimes and it's harder for players to stay focused on the hard work because it is the long-term effects of the hard work that eventually get programs where you want them to be. But the fact that they now have these two overtime wins in dramatic fashion is, is fruit on the tree. It's a, it's a pelt on the wall. It is absolute proof that what the coaches are asking them to do bears fruit and it works. And I tell you, that kind of belief to go with the, how they feel about each other is a very powerful synergy. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation, another Maddich Monday. The Cougars running back Tyson Williams for the second consecutive game has exactly 20 touches and goes for 100-plus total yards. Trevor, is that enough for BYU to continue to play and be successful at this level? Yes, yes. They've got a good stable of running backs. And giving Tyson Williams this kind of a workload, I think, is, is good. Now, they may give him more as time goes on, as they understand how his body responds to a greater workload. But in the meantime, it's not like there's nobody else that can go in there and help, and that's important. I mean, you look at the receiving uh, chart for this game. Matt Bushman only had one catch. It was a big one for 17 yards, but everybody's kind of focusing on him. But Wilson threw to 12 different guys. There were three guys that had three catches. Everybody else had one or two. So the ball's being spread around to a lot of people. And I think that is one of the keys to BYU's offensive success so far this year. Yeah, and my MVP was the BYU wide receivers because, oh my goodness, did you see multiple outstanding catches? I'm thinking of the hurdler stretch while he's being pass interfered, talent Shumway catch at the moment, Trevor. Right, and what, that was a fight, wasn't it? That wasn't a reception. It wasn't a catch. A reception is such a nice word. It could be a wedding reception. It could be a reception. No, it wasn't a reception. It was a fight for the football. And Shumway and the rest of these receivers are showing that junkyard dog mentality that we have talked about for years. And we're seeing it now. And we're not just seeing it from one guy. We're seeing it from a whole bunch of guys. I mean, that's a different wide receiver room than we've seen in a long, long time. And I tell you, that kind of fight for the ball is the kind of thing that wins close football games because it turns into a catch instead of an incompletion, which extends a drive. It turns into an incompletion instead of an interception, which extends a drive. And we see the receivers right now contributing in a major way, in a way that that is different from their contributions in years past. 
Washington comes in, and let's wrap with this, Trevor, a team that's won the Pac-12 two of the last three years. It's one thing to beat Tennessee and USC, who were 5-7 and seven last year, and those are good wins, but it's another to take on Washington now, who spanked BYU last year 35-7. What do you think of the Huskies and uh, where they're at this season coming into Provo for another big game? This is a team that is up there with Utah in terms of the talent that BYU will face. They have a terrific secondary. They're very strong on the line of scrimmage. Not quite as strong as Utah, but they have a very experienced offensive line. This will be another another gut-check game for the front seven of BYU to stop the run. And they've got a deep stable of, of receivers and running backs. So really it comes down to, can Jacob Easton, their quarterback, perform well? Uh, two weeks ago he did not. Last week against Hawaii he did. But BYU has shown the ability to scheme, to force, a quarterback into doing things that he's not comfortable with and away from doing the things that he has had recent success with. So really, the key to this game will be what BYU's defense can do to mess with Jacob Easton. Because other than that, it's a, it's a serious fight again for the fourth straight week. Trevor, thank you for bringing your love and passion to BYU Sports Nation as always. Great to talk to you, man. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Here you won two of the first three. I can't believe it. Can't believe it, man. Awesome. Now the uh, second toughest test on the schedule, in my opinion, coming up this week, Utah being the first. Number 22, Washington in Provo. Coming up, what Cougar could make his NFL debut tonight. And is there a call for Taysom Hill to start in New Orleans now with Drew Brees injury? Plus, Jimmer Fredette back to work. All in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's electric. Shout out to today's guest, Tyson Williams and ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio app. Today's rise and shout out is a combined effort, Jerem. Let's give it to the entire BYU football team and staff for beating 24th ranked USC. And the fans. Great showing, great noise level. Let's go. Outstanding. The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Who was the MVP in the BYU win over USC? Bill Walton in on Facebook. <laughs> Not that Bill Walton. Says number five, both of them. So Gawoliku and Tyson Williams. Started Dennis Pitta, ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Taysom Hill because Drew Brees is out for six weeks. Up next, live on BYU TV, Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rubel, Jeff Grimes, and Elisa Tuiaki. Go Cougs.